Ciao, cosmic soul. This is Claire and the Art of Life podcast. I'm creating this series and I'm sort of holding back from creating it because I'm trying not to be too hasty or overexcited. And at the same time, I have this upwelling of so many aspects of this subject that I've been speaking to for a long time. I've been studying uh, for the majority of my adult life since my mid-teens. And it is the the most the subject that I am most passionate about in my life, alongside natural law, it is natural law and and permaculture and freedom and painting and um, real art and being original and sovereignty and so on. Um, the subject of birth has always been used in my work as, as metaphor and in my writing and my speaking and my podcasting as metaphor. Because it is the gateway to life. It is the place that is most interfered with in terms of our coming into this physical reality and hitting the ground running. We're mostly hitting the ground on our knees and extremely disabled from the point of birth. And that in turn keeps us... chained into this system and this very very limited and limiting dynamic of consumption and fear so this series is about birth and pregnancy as truth and it's in the context of my own gestation my own pregnancy my own return to true self and return to recognition of my true nature through vast amounts of research, really decades and decades of research, but also through practised research, through, like in permaculture, uh, like in homeopathy, the, the, there is no theory separate from the, the use of the methodology itself. Um, and this this use of birth as metaphor in my life and in my work um, has always been tinged with a, a certain um, well neuroses and neediness, um, a hunger to be pregnant myself, and without going too much into the the real trauma of having been pregnant in my early twenties in London and being isolated and my partner not wanting me to have a child and without going into the the sadness of having lost through miscarriage at various points in my life as many women have there's very few women who haven't had at least one or two major um, losses through their womb in their lifetime and a lot of us um You know, one of the things that I've been so aware of in my first trimester, the first three months of gestation, has been this, the non-linear aspect. And and this is what I want to really talk about. This is why I want to talk about pregnancy as truth, the truth of pregnancy and about the truth of my unique experience. I'm the only one who can speak to my experience. Nobody can experience my body for me, nor can they project anything onto my body that isn't true. 
they can't project limitation onto it. They can't project um, my uh, being beholden to a system that wants to oppress my natural instinct and my capacity to birth completely freely and naturally and wildly and orgasmically. Um, at the same time, I'm very savvily aware of exactly what the psychology is, exactly the sharp edge of the psychology, even from when I first spoke to family members decades ago about wanting to have a child and having a, a matriarch in the family pressed down on that with such with such a need to tell me no, to authorise no to me um, when I was expressing this want, this desire, this whole body yes and whole spirit yes to wanting to have a child and being told that no, 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 oh dear, you know, that you wouldn't be able to do all the things that you love in your life, you wouldn't have time to do all that. Um, that was a great kick in the gut at the time. Um, when I was so sensitive and so trying to heal the many, many layers of interference in my own womb and cultural weight of pressure on my womb and on my my well-being as a as a, a living woman, as a as a human being. Um that was really not a supportive comment, to say the least, but it was also uh, of course, like anything that is a dig or a, a pressing of a button or a um a hook it has the the medicine held within it of somebody's attempt to suppress my need my maternal need um it it of course because it it upset me so much at the time it it had this potential to unravel as well you know, like, why am I so upset by that? What does that feel like? What does the upset feel like in my body? What is What part of me tightens because it feels the the potential blow? Um, and, and really, comments like that are kind of the, the... Like, there's this machinery and and this war against women's wombs and against the vitality that comes through naturally birthing that comes through a woman knowing herself and a woman knowing exactly what her creativity is and how her creativity works in the world the fact that she is the fact the living natural fact that a woman is the cosmic glue between all things man is the the thing is the material and woman is the cosmic glue that holds the material in alignment that holds everything together holds the universe together that's what the yin is the yang is that which is solid and the yin is that which is in between that which is solid. That which is solid can't exist on its own. It has to have something between it. But of course, the patriarchal, the material has been used over the last couple of thousand years to create this illusion that we live just in the physical and that the the nothing else exists you know I still have men in my life who will say to me directly to my face in living voice I don't believe in that kind of thing meaning they don't witness or support the feminine and they don't want to hear about it 
and they want to just be isolated in their masculinity and that is something that is failing <laughs> and it's something that can only exist for a very specific period <clears throat> until it falls and the time that we live in this very specific time this very specific moment right now the turning of the year i'm recording this the day after the solstice um winter solstice 2022 <clears throat> which happens to coincide with my own gestation date uh, sorry conception date which I know to be my co-creation when I came in through my parents through my mother and father through the zygote and the zinc spark and the the conception on the south facing slope of the the mountain that is named in English goat fell on the Isle of Arran in the grounds of the castle, Brodick Castle, in overlooking Brodick Bay on the Isle of Arran. Um, that is where I came into being, that's where I chose to come into being. It was a powerful place and my parents hadn't settled properly on the island yet. Um, in all my research, a lot my research isn't book research primarily, my, my research has always been internal inquiry and spiritual inquiry and I know through my inquiry and how it lines up with the the research that I've delved into in the world books have actually been very limiting in recent years because they're so far behind the rising of the feminine they're so far behind the rising you know and as soon as we get it written down we're away ahead again and that's the beauty of flow and of the feminine and of of the nature of true feminine power, true feminine beauty, vitality and potential is that she's always moving, she's always in movement, movement and in fluid, fluidity and that's characterised negatively as women talking too much, women um, being overly emotional and so on but of course we're like water, we're like air, we move and we need a container to hold us we can't always hold ourselves. There's always going to be moments where we spill over in life. And um, that nature, like comprehending fully what the nature is of, of a living womb, one. As a womb one, I have a, a vitality and a characteristic that, uh, characteristics that are, are much more than the, the limited view that culture presents to me and that consumerism presents to me. And and this is what I want to talk about in this series. I, I, I found that in my work, I've been painting since my early teens and my zygote date is in fact, this, this actual solstice is in fact my 50th anniversary of when I was conceived, 50 cycles of the sun from when I was conceived, 50 years. And that's very significant to me, um, especially that I'm coming through this anniversary with such consciousness and awareness and, and such health and vitality that, that I didn't enjoy when I was younger, when I was under the, the weight of oppression of everything and when I was struggling so hard against it, reeling against it and trying to find my place in the world. Being able to step into 
a new cycle as as in permaculture and as in many um holistic and natural law approaches to um life <laughs> like permaculture homeopathy um spiritual healing um there's There's, two, there's, I suppose, to simplify, there's like three ways you could enter a cycle again, a repeated round again. There's three times, three types of approach, just to overly simplify it. There's actually infinite kinds of approach and we're all doing them in our exactly our own way. But there's basically the conventional approach to a new cycle, especially when we focus on the birth which has been medicalized, violated, we've been violated, we've been separated and confused about our identity and locked into a system that's feeding off us at birth. And we're hugely separated from spirit and consciousness because we're brought into the world in violence, in terror, in fear for our own life and fear that we're separated from our mothers in a violent way that isn't, it's not supposed to happen like that. Um, so there the way that it's conventionally presented is essentially for the conception to be occulted. First of all, we don't look at the conception. Nobody goes back to our conception. Nobody thinks about it. Nobody's conscious of it. Um, our parents aren't conscious when they conceive us. And we are never conscious that we actually conceived of ourselves before they conceived of us and that we came through them. We chose to come through them very consciously. Um, all souls come into consciousness consciously by the it's the nature of what it is it's, it's conscious and that consciousness is interrupted greatly at birth and therefore birth ends up being this place that we supposedly sprang fully formed into the world which is ridiculous of course it's ridiculous you know we we're nine months older than that plus nine months plus older than that all the distortion of measuring dates and where the date is measured from we have been around for this t since the zygote and of course we are infinite and we came from the unified field but the thing is that way of dealing with the world means that first of all we have no conception of where we come from or what our nature is and we are locked into separation and conflict so that that way of entering the world that way of approaching the cycle means that, first of all, we're focused on birthday instead of conception day. And we're also celebrating a day which has been completely occulted as well, that we're, we don't actually recognise the trauma that we went through. We don't see it as a negative thing. We celebrate it, which is actually, unfortunately, means that we're subscribing to a death cult and we're subscribing to something that's half killed us already. And I'm not exaggerating with these words. I'm, I know exactly what I'm talking about, about and folk who know about natural birth and know about industrialized birth and the unnecessary interference with the natural system of birthing and the symbiosis of mother and child, they will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, again, Mark Passio's natural law lecture, it's very long, eight and a half hours, if you don't know what I'm referring to as a, a death cult, it really is very, very necessary listening, watching for human beings who live in the modern world. Um, 
But moving on, the the difference between that and between celebrating, unconsciously celebrating the blowing out of candles, the counting of our, off of our years, the presumption that we have a short life and that we die in pain, the presumption that the, the death cycle is painful, just like the birth cycle was, the presumption of torture, that we are meant to be tortured and cut and hurt during our birth. Um, all of that means that we're celebrating in a very passively violated way every time we come round to our birth. And I know that just sounds <clears throat> really harsh and clunky, but it, it really needs to be said because there's other ways of celebrating our cycle each year and the other ways of celebrating our cycle are are vastly vastly different and I suppose you know maybe they can't be gotten to without going through you know the release of all the trauma that's been put into our womb into our vagina into our belly into our sacrum into our umbilical and our belly button all that tension that's held in there from when it was first cut too early and and when our mother's bodies were punished for being in that divine release and pulled into contract and contraction. Every year that this comes round, that can be something that we're releasing and we're bringing in consciousness, bringing in vitality and flow and the feminine and embodiedness, embodiment. Um, or it can just be numb and passive. So I know this is awfully, awfully messy way of describing a thing, but basically every time a cycle comes round, we have the chance to work with that cycle. Just as in permaculture, we have this, the, the limitation is only the mind of the imagination of the designer. Every time uh, a cycle comes round, um, we have this, through our own imagination and intelligence and studiedness, we have this potential to make minimal input and get maximum yield, which is a, a beautiful metaphor for how life works, that if we were actually focusing on our, our conception date and fully conscious of our having conceived ourselves before our own conception and come in consciously, None of this other stuff would be impeding us. None of the separation would would even exist. We wouldn't be separate from the mystical, cosmic soul that is us as part of the greater unified field, part of the greater unified soul of the universe. We would be much more easily able to, effortlessly able to flow through life and to work symbiotically with all the things around us, our house would become in order, our work would become in order, um, food would come to us when we need it, and nutriment and nourishment will come to us, even from the very ether, even from the earth herself, directly to us. There will be no impediment, no systems or agencies in between us and what we need in the world. That's simply a fact that's how the world works it's how the universe works even though the world that we see around us is a constructed world and it's very contrived and it's designed specifically designed to go against all of that to go against the fact that all these 
energies and nutriment and things that we need in order to flourish are freely available to us. The the system, the economic systems, the the economies that are constructed and the systems that we're told are the only option and that are, are obligatory. All the laws and all the mandates, uh, we're told that they're, you know, we're even told that we have to pay if we want to breathe. You know, that that's just like the most ridiculous thing that anyone could ever invent. But then before that, we would have said before we started paying for the water coming out of our taps, the, the water that's flowing down the mountainside, the water that lands from the sky, given by God, by precipitation, and comes down onto the land, we would have said that that was, that you, how could you charge for water? Well, they found a way and they charge good amounts of money for water now and it gets sold back to us in bottles and in pipes filled with chemicals and in all kinds of forms that is not the natural thing and it's not lifeful and it's not healthy. Again, this is, it's, it's just all, it's all metaphorical for everything else. Every year we have a cycle. Every year we go around in a circle and if we're repeating the same things that we repeated every year, if we're stuck in the psychology of um, diminishment, of scarcity, of things becoming less over time, of our body failing over time, then we will become more and more tired in our life, more weak, more incapable. Whereas if we know our true divine nature and we know where we came from, and we have our consciousness placed on that as we go through this gateway again, then the world will light up around us. It truly will light up around us. So very long explanation because these things are difficult to explain in the English language and in the structure of thought process and experience that we've all had in order for me to speak to you about you know I can speak to you about my cosmic experiences but they might sound really out there and they might sound really um like an ephemeral language an ungrounded or unrooted or out of the context of modern life language and I'm trying to bridge that by speaking to the metaphor that isn't really my metaphor it's just something that I'm observing from outside of that metaphor and giving as a means of bridging this being in in tune with the universe versus, um, and of course it's not versus anything, we're all in tune with the universe, but some of us are, are more consciously co-creating in that and some of us are less consciously co-creating, which means that we're letting something else co-create for us uh, and something else take the place and the authority, the authoring of our co-creation. So coming back to the subject of this podcast, which is true pregnancy, true birth, and um, the context in which I am speaking and the authority with which I'm speaking are, yes, many decades of wanting and working through my stuff and healing my womb and herbal medicine and natural medicine and steaming and releasing lumps from my cervix, opening my cervix, awakening my cervix, awakening my womb, just re realigning with my body, uh, getting grounded, coming back down into the self, into the body. Um, 
and recognizing that I, I can do that because there is a movement of women in the world also doing that. It's very hard for women on their own to heal. It's very hard for women to heal and for the womb to heal in the context of a community of women in the vicinity, in the in the town or village or city that they live in, in the context of all the other women there consenting to being mutilated, frankly, and consenting to give all of their power to a, a very distorted authority. Um, it's very hard for a woman to stand strong in that without isolating herself. And of course, women cannot exist in isolation. We're not supposed to exist in isolation. All wombs are connected. They're connected on the subtle level. They're connect we're connected as a, a multi-dimensional fabric, not just in the horizontal in this time across the whole planet as part of the consciousness of Gaia Sophia, but we're also connected through like down and up up into the cosmos, down into the earth, down into the past, up into the future. We're all connected by cords that can't be severed. We can be distracted into thinking that we are separate units, that we have an ego, that we are both inferiorly and superiorly different to other people. But when we rest down into our womb, when we do womb healing, when we take care of our bodies and see that deep self-care is the only thing that matters in the feminine life and the life of a womb one um, <clears throat> and that it has to be a priority in our lives when we when we get down into that we can see that um there's a whole other reality underneath all of that in which there is no conflict, there is only flow and there is only connection. And that sounds like it it could be a, a conceptual idea, but I'm actually speaking directly from my womb, which is gestating, and that is a very clear sign guided by sensation that is asking to be manifest from the energetic and the cosmic into the physical so through the <clears throat> through the vibration of my word reaching your ear there is a transmission that is a sensation that flows up through me that comes from the gateway to the cosmos which is my womb my cervix and rises up and is allowed to come through. My surrender allows it to come through. My placing my awareness in my womb, my cervix, and my whole beingness allows it to rise up and through. And this is this is the kind of thing that is very normal in a life where <clears throat> I'm not locked into um, conventional structures conflicts, contractions and obligations and I'm able to actually allow my womb to talk to me and my senses to talk to me um, and yeah there's so much to say about this um, 
but I, I notice my own neediness to rush forward and say it all at once. And actually it's, it's an immense, it's like, this is everything. <clears throat> this is life. This is what life is. And these, these recent years have been very exciting globally that so many people, despite censorship and um, blacking out certain information and despite the, the mainstream internet being so damned, um, tight about about sharing and um there's there's been a lot of movement into private spaces and pay-per-view kind of spaces or subscription spaces in the last years which is very necessary it's necessary for women to be able to support themselves financially that we we have to create spaces where it is pay-per-view or it is subscription at the same time this also you know, with all the good intention of that, it locks out, well, right now it locks out people like myself from the wider community of free birth and of, um, it keeps us on the periphery of that, that we're not allowed to interweave and co-create within courses and memberships and and such like. Um, I'm saying that not in a resentful way or in a in a, a way that that's wrong. It's just what it is. It's a part of our evolving as female community that we're we're moving towards holding space for each other and, and creating the appropriate containers but we're still limited by this ah yes but I have to be part of the machinery I have to pay my rent I have to do this I have to do that and we haven't prioritized ways of getting out of that uh, like perhaps I have done myself which <laughs> which I don't have a mortgage and I don't have expenditure that the majority of people are obligated into um, which means that I am free to create and to exist and to be conscious and to, to do my spiritual work um, and to birth freely and to have a free pregnancy um, in the most sincere, natural, wild, conscious, um, liberated, energetic fountain of truth way and again, I'm really wary of using these words. I'm wary of expressing these ideas and these feelings because I'm so aware, like this is, the series is actually, it might never reach public ears. It might have to be shared. Uh, again, I, I'm always not wanting to put things behind a paywall, but at the same time, you know, I'm holding off as long as I possibly can and sharing everything that I, I want to share in the world and I'm called to share in the world. But there's a point where it it's so subtle, like how do I share how do I share, how honestly do I share it? And how far do I go into the mystical? And how do I hold the space like in a virtual space, an online space where the where the internet is inherently distorted out of natural systems and it isn't really facilitating us to share in the way we want to share in an organic and feminine way you know how is one able to create a patreon that's like a womb for example or a a website that's like a womb when really it there's all kinds of ways where people can take our energy rather than the energy building and building like it's supposed to 
and I, I hope this makes sense because this is really like one of the things I've struggled with so much about, you know, when it comes to doing a, a series like this, which is really the secret pregnancy series. Um, I, it, it's not that I'm so neurotic and afraid. It's more that I'm very aware of what people's psychosis is around birthing and pregnancy. I'm very aware of what people's conditioning is to bring women down. And I'm very aware that, you know, having once expressed to a, a, a step parent my want to have a child, you know, decades ago when I was in a much less clear and healthy and vibrant and and ready situation to have had such harsh mantra and dark spells put on me at that time. You know, I'm very aware of what the conventional logic says, will say to me when my belly, my womb, my gestating child is visible to the naked eye out in the world, um, I'm already very aware that every time I go out in the world, I have to, I'm sorry if you can hear that in the background, there's a, uh, the vegetable van going by with the microphone about get your veggies. Um, it's going round the corner now, it's okay. <laughs> the, I'm very aware of what the, what people's psychosis authorizes them to think that they have the right to intrude upon. I'm very aware that even as a woman, never mind as a pregnant woman, I'm very aware that the the kind of um, dark spells that are put out incessantly, incessantly on a daily basis, every time I go out of the house. And therefore, you know, I really have to build up a you know, stamina and confidence are one thing, but there, there's very little that can really completely have, have one completely immune and completely protected to the kind of ongoing psychic and energetic attack that is, that is persistent in our patriarchal and consumerist and terrorised cultures. But at the same time, you know, this is where I live, this is what I live, and this is who I am in relation to who I am around, and this is what I have to deal with, you know, if I have to put a Faraday cage around my belly or, <laughs> you know, create some kind of spell or a, a, maybe a, a, a spray or a spritzer um, of a very strong herb to spray around my aura every time I go out to the shop, um, you know, maybe... You know, there's there's always ways around it. There's always ways to be protected. But at the same time, I I know that I'm here at this time to speak my stuff. And it's a really difficult job um, being so different, being so, so different from other folk and other folks' modus operandi being to pull everyone into the fold, to get everyone to behave like them, to get everyone to conform and to be in that, disempowered numb space people want us to be numb they want us to be interfered with they want us to be surveilled and they want us to be 
down, down with them on their knees. And I'm not. I'm the one who was standing up, confronting Carabinieri, confronting hysterical post office folk during the lockdown and standing in right and standing in my rights. I wasn't backing down and cutting off my breath, the God-given breath that, that is my life and my vitality and my health. I wasn't unexposing myself and sheltering myself from, you know, I wanted to be exposed and I wanted to be exposed to others. And I was, and I had to stand in that right, and it was very, very difficult right to stand in. Equally, I'm very aware that the the context in which I exist, which is possibly <laughs> um, one of the most challenging. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not. I'm trying to just trying to find the right metaphor here. I'm aware that I'm in the context of a very particular time that I'm not afraid of giving birth. I absolutely relish and love and I'm ecstatically looking forward to it. I'm so fucking excited about it. I've never been more excited and ready and wanting something in my life of going fully into that experience. It's the it's the experience that I've most been waiting for and been hoping for in my whole existence and this is what I am here for I am here for this this is my life this is my purpose and um it's it's funny I kind of see it like this um I'm not seeing it linearly but I am seeing it that you know if I can just sidestep that crazy and that crazy and that crazy you know, I'll be able to get there and, and then if I stock up on some goodies for the end of the gestation period and make sure I've got really strong locks on the door, you know, might have to put more reinforcement on the door and make sure that I've got, um, you know, everything in one room that I need and make sure the hot water's on that day and so on, you know, I'll be able to do it. But, you know, if I go out in fear and go out into the reality of what is if I was giving other people authority to write this for me or to influence me, um, again, what I'm trying to explain first is that it's very hard not to be influenced negatively by ongoing perpetual bullshit from people whose brains have been washed into believing that birth has to be difficult, violent and painful. That's always going to be unpleasant there's never going to be a point in which that is not unpleasant but the important thing is that my physiology is protected from that and is able to stand in truth in front of it that my vitality is strong enough that my mind is not distracted that my ego is not um, hooked or either my inferior or my superior ego is not not hooked into it but I have already had very strong discussions with my partner around his stuff that's coming up in the first trimester and how his negative mantras are affecting me physio physiologically and how that's completely unacceptable in the, the nature of what is happening the nature of what is happening is my child is being welcomed into the world by me and I am carrying him. And 
I need to be supported in that. If somebody is going to be by my side, they absolutely have to be aligned with that and they have to be welcoming him. If they're not aligned with that, if they're dreading him coming and focusing entirely on the fact that we're really poor, <laughs> then that is not going to help me in any way at all. I don't need to affirm that I'm poor. I'm not poor. I own my own home. I have access to gardens in which copious amounts of food grow. I'm an ingenious, creative being. I have an ability to sell and trade and barter and attract gift to me in multitude of areas. I have no fear about feeding, clothing and keeping a child warm and cool. And I have absolutely no fear that I, quote, won't have enough money to buy stuff for my for this consuming child. I don't believe that I will be growing a consuming child. And I have every belief that anything that they need and want will come to them because I will be able to make it, acquire it in some way, barter for it, share, trade, whatever, buy it. It'll it'll happen and it'll come just in the same way that for all of my 50 years, things have come to me exactly when I've needed and wanted them. And that is, again, part of this, you know, we have, as women, we are vulnerable in the world. Um, that vulnerability has to be an accepted part of reality, that we live in a very harsh world that is inherently trying to suppress our very nature and going against our very nature. And... And we have to have some cojones, some ovaries to step up into that, out of that. To stand in that, rooted, um, to be flexible, to being hit by a phrase like that, like, why are you not doing this? Or you're endangering your baby or, you know, other people's fear is going to affect us but we can decide exactly how it's going to affect us you know I won't be frequenting anybody that is projecting a, a heavy statement of negativity onto me I can take it once like a little nip like a flea bite like a, a mosquito bite in passing on the street in the shop or in the bar in the cafe uh, the cafe um but I, I certainly won't, if I, if I sat with that, if I listened to other variations of that negativity and other sat there and got bitten and bitten and bitten, um, eventually it would start to accumulate a negative effect and I, I won't be doing that. You know, I, I'm very clear about who I've told so far. I'm very clear about the, the reciprocal energy building and having people around me near and far who are so, like, so supportive of the cosmic and the supportive of the visionary and supportive of the co-creative and the dynamic and the possible. Um, I have absolutely nobody in my vicinity who is aware that I'm pregnant, who is speaking negatively, apart from my partner who needed a bit of a talking to the other day about that. Um, But yes, the, the need for secrecy, like the healthy aspect of secrecy and the natural aspect of something being secret. I, I really, really love how <laughs> everything is so divinely um, aligned that 
the time of year that I am starting to be visibly pregnant. I mean, it is actually quite, it's quite visible that my, my belly is taking up the space that it's taking. I'm fairly tubby anyway. I'm, I've got a good size belly on me, a good set of hips on me. Um, and I've often found that I don't want to wear certain clothes that, that are um, showing off a protruding tummy. I've had people ask me if I'm pregnant before when I haven't been pregnant and, you know, in a derogatory and, and trying to say that I'm fat kind of a way, as, as men here tend to do <laughs> at times in their, in their arrogant um, way of connecting with women. Dear, dear, dear. Um, but yeah, it's this time of the year where we're just starting to put on heavier coats and baggy jumpers, woolly jumpers and layers. And I love that, um, you know, my having the capacity to stay hidden and stay secret until it's really not really possible to, <laughs> to, to stand with my back to people or um, wear a woolly jumper that isn't showing a bump. Um, I love that the the winter, you know, coming out of the winter, uh, when it will be much more visible, it will be much easier to, I'll be more confident in myself, more comfortable in myself. The baby will be more rooted and safe and ready in my womb to be exposed to things. But but the the sensitivities that I have and and it's like all women know that's part of our instinct that's still partly complete in that although it's been pathologized the women's sensitivity the sensitivity of their senses when they become pregnant um to smells in particular and you know it's pathologized it's said that it's a negative thing they're like oh things will give us nausea and things certain things were are like are intolerable when we're pregnant but of course and <laughs> that's because they're not good for us that's because they're not right for us and they're not harmonious with us and if we are really healthy, we will move away from them. We'll naturally gravitate. We won't gravitate towards things that are going to make us feel bad or that smell horrible. Um, I was laughing a bit about that because a, a dear, dear friend was sharing about how when she was pregnant, she has three beautiful children, um, one grown up and two smaller, more recent babes. And she was saying about how when she was pregnant, she just certain smells were absolutely like just made her violently nauseous and I was thinking oh I'm kind of that way even when I'm not pregnant so like now that I'm pregnant <laughs> I've got this like I can smell things from a mile away it's ridiculous um and yeah like the smell of uh, the cleaners and stuff oh my goodness but of course it's because like that's not a healthy thing that's you know, it's strong perfumes are not a healthy thing to smell usually. I've got another dear, dear friend who lives here in the town with me and I have to say to her if we're ever going to the market and I'm, you know, we're going down to the market tomorrow for the last time uh, in my car whilst my car's still on the road until the 28th of the month. Um, I have to ask, remind her every time, please don't wear perfume, strong perfume in the morning, you know, put it on later or something, but don't wear it whilst we're in the car because I, it's, I, it makes me sick, makes me physically sick at the best of times. But just now I'm like super, super intolerant. And that's because it's not good for you. It's not healthy. It's an, it's hugely toxic. And people who wear strong perfumes, just like smokers, 
they have no concept of how that is negatively impacting on other people. Like it's very negatively impacting. If my body is having to create phlegm to block my nose, if my the hairs on my bronchial tubes are, are reacting, if my nervous system is getting alert, if my glands are swelling up, that's because there's something that shouldn't be in there and it wants to alert me to move away from that. And um, yeah, it's interesting that the that we, we pathologize that as if it's a problem for the women, like that they've got a symptom of nausea, they should go and take medicine for it or something. But no, it just means that they should keep out the way of people who are producing toxic emissions. <laughs> and and um, yeah, I love, love, love the process of this clarity, the clarifying of that natural instinct that already exists but the the I love I love that being augmented being bigger um during pregnancy and I can see why you know why the women should nestle away and hide especially in the winter and the cold months like just keep warm and snuggle away in my burrow in my my wee sacred not my wee house <laughs> my big sacred house my big underground um abode my big medieval fortress with the big walls and this beautiful historical building yeah I can really feel that that's right and I can feel what's right and I can feel how important secrecy is especially until it's stabilized um more fully um and yeah the first three months have been very very intense I've had a lot of stuff go on in the world around me which feels really like fundamental to correcting my house correcting my living space correcting my relationship with the animals that I care for which of which are too many and um, I've got these six cats and it's really I've had to lock them downstairs not lock them in a room lock them out of the house and keep them in a downstairs room because they are way 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 too much dirt mess chaos breaking things neediness interference with my work and my space etc it's just absolute monty python having them in the house and in the living spaces and um, they're perfectly happy outside they, these are still their cold cold nights but warm days and they've got cozy little beds downstairs filled with wool scraps and cushions and and loveliness and I'm going to build on that create my little cat city down there <laughs> in boxes whilst the whilst the weather descends into the the colder months of January and February here March um but yeah the the unfolding like this is one of the one of the reasons that I knew I was pregnant straight away but also I just want to go into this a little because you know the reason as well for keeping something secret keeping something hidden um is according to the weight of, well, the weight that I've been carrying of my own neuroses and my own lack of vitality in my body that hasn't allowed me to be pregnant yet. Um, although I have been pregnant, but hasn't allowed me to carry a baby to term, bring a child into the world yet. Um, I know that previous rounds of being having conceived have been interrupted by that very very deep conditioning that I can't do the thing that I'm inherently flawed to such a degree 
that I'm not fertile and that I can't create on that level, even though I have this lifeful want and need to mother and need to be a mother and need to conceive and gestate and birth. Um, this has been probably the most the most deeply felt challenge of my life and I have had a lot of very intense challenges in my life I've had a very traumatic childhood and very anguished teenage and early adulthood um, I've suffer, suffered a lot of abuse and loss and violence and distortion and um, being surrounded by folk who are terribly limited and addicted and as such have taken on those addictions and limitations and neuroses myself and have done the work to unfold them all which is of course the really exciting best part of it where I'm now um, a new living woman at the age of 50 and and at the same time I'm living in a culture that pathologizes women's age that uses ridiculous terms like geriatric on pregnant women just in their 30s in their early and mid 30s never mind 50 and yet of course of course all of the bullshit that's put on women when they're pregnant at any age um the whole just to backtrack a little and, and side talk about this subject, unpack this subject just a little because it's so fucking prevalent and I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast will actually have lots of phrases coming into the mind. But this, what if that something happens? Oh, but your age and you need to get a check and what, what if you have a child that's got this and what if that and, and you, what if you need a doctor and what if you need an, an emergency treatment and, and you must be registered with a hospital and you must do this. Um, I'm so aware of the discord between the perfection of what I am and want and the natural order of things that has been clear to me from the moment I've conceived, from the moment of not having my bleeding when it usually would come even through the moments of bleeding during my gestation I'm very aware still that it makes sense and I think that phrase the making of sense is very significant because Ultimately, we're experiencing the world through sensation. And please excuse me if I'm sort of drifting off into a... I've got a real sensation coming just now that is guiding me to speak something. Um, again, the world of feminine is the world of sensation. And we've been so conditioned. And what most people's conditioning and brainwashing that they project onto women and throw at women like fucking stones is is about suppressing sensation 
oppressing sensation, halting sensation, and not like stopping the women from being in the sensation of flow, in the flow of their sensations, in the allowance, the the full embodiment of being in whatever the sensation is and being in the mastery of reading that sensation. Almost everything that people will say to me, I know they will, I'm absolutely ready for it. And at the same time, I don't want them to say it to me. I don't want the limitations and the bad spells and the dark magic thrown at me. I'm very aware that it will hurt and that it will even possibly cause pain during my birthing. But I'm sifting through like what is the energetic substance to what they're saying like what is behind what they're saying what are they actually throwing at me are they throwing me a lifeline are they throwing me support and help or are they throwing a rock at me and trying to hurt me and it it's almost always the latter almost always no matter what is talked about in birth because people don't know they're they accept what's being fed to them about this subject that is the most important subject in life There is no subject that is more integral to our evolution, to our getting beyond all the problems that we have in the world than birth and what natural birth really is, what birth really is, the truth of birth, the truth of pregnancy. And yet we are so fiddled with, so conditioned to believe that our body can't exist on its own. It can't exist without a man's hand up our vaginas and a metal instrument prizing our cervix apart or scraping bits off our cervix or a laser burning cells or stitches being put in or flesh being cut. We're actually taught that that is normal. That is not normal and that is not healthy and that is not what our body needs. Our body doesn't need to be cut, doesn't need to be surveilled and interfered with all of that absolutely affects our physiology and it's not just the physical interference the the psychological and emotional interference of people putting this limitation on women whether it's our age our thinking our feeling it all comes down to that what's being thrown at us is you shouldn't feel. Because if a, if a woman is fully feeling, fully sentient, fully embodied and rooted in her feeling, she will find the appropriate action and outcome at every stage of, certainly of a pregnancy, certainly of a birth. She will naturally gravitate, like with homeopathic healing, a healthy person is defined as one who is able to find what they need, have their needs met, and to let go of things when they when they don't need it, to gravitate away from things when they're not needing it. And um you know, if we if we need pain, if pain and anguish and neuroses are necessary, they're only necessary in that they're useful. And the use of them, the use of neuroses and pain is always to get to the other side, like what's behind the neuroses, what's behind the pain. And behind and underneath and inside the neuroses and the pain and the numbness is always sensation and feeling. And 
in my experience of going through these first three months and feeling pain and discomfort and unsureness of myself and paranoia and fear and negativity, all of those have simply come like gifts placed at my feet, really like gifts. And I've picked them up and just unwrapped them. And that unwrapping, just like the unwrapping of a, a physical gift, is so, such a, it's like a, uh, like this luscious, almost like lovemaking, this beautiful peeling away of layers, this witnessing of what the thing really is, the sensation in my pelvis, the tightening of my, the front of my belly is not a pathology. It's not a thing with a label. It's not a cramp or a contraction or something going wrong in the first trimester. It's not a miscarriage or a, a disease. But if I took my belly along to the hospital and to the conventional doctors, sure as fuck they would have it labelled and measured and I would be told that in whatever the measurement that was taken from my body, from my blood, from my urine at that time, I would be told that I am defined as a, a greatly limited thing and that my baby is in, in danger, inverted commas, and blah, 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 blah. But of course through not being in that reality, I can actually be in the cosmic reality of knowing that everything is. And that the isness of everything is sacred. It's not to be interfered with. And that's really what the secret element what feels so important about that secret element? I yeah, I feel very strongly about this, and I and I know in my all my sentience that from a, as soon as I was conceived, even though I've conceived myriad times before, even though everything is against me in conventional terms about my age and issues that I've had before in my life, and even with my womb and da 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 and my financial situation and this and that and the next thing, my relationship, my um, status in the town, the challenges psychologically and emotionally I've had to deal with in recent years. It doesn't matter. It, none of that has any effect whatsoever. On, it's just stuff that wants to be to come up and be released, come up and be released. None of it has any authority over this sacred isness this sacred beingness that is and being able to differentiate between these things and see that one is a construct and it's an interference and it's people throwing stones at me or me allowing stones to be attracted to myself such a, a key moment in the consciousness of womb in the consciousness knowing that this consciousness is also held by a lot of other women and birth keepers and mothers right now, knowing that that exists in other women, that other women are hearing the voice of spirit, the voice of the cosmos coming through them and also the voice of the collective and knowing that the child is here to mother us, to father us, to grow us. It's not here to be treated as an idiot and as a, 
as an incompetent larvae or grub or toddler or um, they won't be being brought into the world to poo their pants, be taught how to poo their pants and then punished for not for not stopping pooing their pants when somebody decides to take the nappies off them. The Yeah, there's loads to unlock in that that I, I won't go too far ahead yet because I'm still in this very um full immersion sentient moment. But suffice to say, the first three months, um the clarity of which even though all my neuroses came up and were like, oh, I don't know if I'm pregnant or not. I, d I can't tell. And even though I, I absolutely was never going to take a test because the test is irrelevant. The test is only saying right now there's a, a child in your womb or a fetus in your womb, but it's not not saying your pregnancy will continue and there's no guarantee that it would. But the the guarantee, as it were, like the sureness, the solidity of what I'm feeling comes from the very first moment, comes from the second moment, and comes from the, the all the moments that have followed that there's a, a continuity between this and between everything that I, I've experienced in terms of pregnancy and miscarriage and loss and birth in my own life, including my own conscious conception of self before I came in through my mother and father. And being able to read the the energetic reality of the world rather than being focused on the physical reality as a limitation means that I, I have been able to read this, even though the, a part of myself which is attached through ego to striving and struggling and litigating with the system and pushing and pulling and um, and so on and so on. Um, even though that exists in me, I was able to, through this process of gestation, able to very easily def define like, ah, but of course, like, it's really obvious that that's not true. It's just a neurosis. And it's really obvious that this is true because this is what overrides all of that and makes it all okay and makes it all very very clear and through the sensation through just listening to the sensation in my body recognize where I'm straining or pulling or pushing recognizing where there's a an idea that's not positive attached to a symptom as I label it when really it's just a sensation that's passing all of this is preparing me it's very clearly preparation for birth and these sensations wouldn't be coming to me if I wasn't moving towards birth and again I'm not going to put this expose that logic and knowing in the world because I know that so many people are conditioned to jump on something like that and and put something nasty into it um you know even in the the free birth society podcasts on Instagram and the the conversations that go on there the majority of it is absolutely women being held being lifted up being encouraged being supported and protected but in all of it it's always punctuated by people pulling women down under the guise of caring for them and wanting to help them but you know lashing out with these horrendous statements about 
what if this happens and that's dangerous and that's illegal and la 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 yeah it's it's an incredible time and it's the right time for women to be birthing in this and knowing knowing what our true wealth and value and power is and what our true creative capacity is at the same time we li- we are simultaneously living in this space where it's incredibly um dangerous to put one's foot onto the conveyor belt that is that way of thinking that like to give it any authority any leeway whatsoever it's incredibly dangerous to take our bodies to a doctor's surgery and to a hospital which are supposed to be the places we we can rely on for healing for support like they're supposed to be about health they're not about health they're the absolute fucking dark temples of, of death cult with these practitioners who are aiding depopulation and aiding the cancellation of people's spiritual self I'm going to talk much much more about this and um, elaborate more on on what a natural pregnancy is and what it is to know one is pregnant what it is to be pregnant in secret and in visibility Um, I just want to finish by saying the thing that I know I'm being robbed of right now, even though I'm also having to allow that theft, is the witness, the right witness um, of my mothering, of my being a mother, of my living in right, of being righteous, of living under natural law, that is stolen from me, stolen from me by the individuals and the living men and women around me and across the world and all the folk who are participating in all these systems. It's stolen from me by old friends, family, community, by neighbours, by just the existence of a womb that lives nearby me who is so distorted and so in dysmenorrhea and so positioned against a a living woman who is free and happy and well and in vitality. The theft of witness that I can't go to my neighbour and announce that I'm pregnant, that I can't go to the mother of my partner and tell her that she's going to be a grandmother again and count on her being responding positively. That I can't be openly celebrating my belly, that I feel I have to put layers over it. It's cold enough that I I want to put layers over it. Um, But the the fact that I can't witness, the fact that I'm recording this now, but I have no intention in sharing it, um, no intention at all, because I know for a fact that people who support me on Patreon, um, not everyone holds my views on natural birth. And not everybody will be a thousand percent supportive. I'm, I don't accept any support from anyone unless it's a thousand percent supportive. <laughs> That's the only kind of supportive I want. And and at the same time, I know I'm coming into a compromise. This is a compromise. I am 
not able to stand fully in myself in the world. I never have been able to, and it's always a fucking battle. And that is not what I'm going to carry into the birth. That is something that I'm working through in this pregnancy. And I'm working through right in this moment from standing up to algorithms on Instagram to um, communicating one-on-one nevertheless through Instagram um, just to let you know I am back on Instagram and it's Claire Gaia Sophia at this current point at the solstice in 2022. <laughs> There's no guarantee that's going to be the case in the future. Um, but yeah, the what really pertains, what what stays, what is going to continue, no matter what the algorithms do, no matter how shitty my neighbour is to me, no matter how people might condemn me for being a mother at this age, no matter who in my family believes that caesarean is a better way of birthing than um, natural birth, that it's easier, in inverted commas, for the mother, mm, that I should be getting surveilled and prodded and pushed and cut and interfered with that I should give my authority to a doctor in a hospital, no matter any of that, the thing that endures is is infinitely more powerful and more real and more tangible to me than any of that. And that is what guides me. There's nothing else that can guide me because I am really fucking well read on this shit. <laughs> I am so well read on this and it doesn't matter what difficulties I encounter during my pregnancy and to, during my birth, I will be dealing with them on a cosmic level and on an energetic level and on a, a level of mastery of energy. It do, I've had experience prior to this, prior to conceiving, that very specifically unlocked the fact that I haven't birthed before, but I have been pregnant before, the fact that my womb has been violated before, the fact that my genitals and my yoni and cervix and womb have been hugely interfered with in my life through gynecology even through the very little exposure I've had to gynecology but having the sensitivity and the natural wherewithal to recognize what was being done to me I am a very good way along having released that a very good healthy level of sentience in my womb and my power and my energetic body it doesn't matter what would be labeled as dis dis-ease in my body what would be pathologized or or said to be a limitation to me I know through the sensation of my body I know absolutely know and it's not a fabricated belief it's not a a mind bubble, a little cloud in my brain. It's not a, a synaptic connection. It's a, a, a lived, full knowing. I know that I can navigate whatever comes because I am in my full capacity. I'm in my, my will. I'm a, all things are aligned, just like I felt from the beginning of the pregnancy, all things are aligned and that's not something that can be imitated transmitted through a book or through another person that's something we can only know in ourselves we can only know alignment through our own vision through our own senses and my alignment the allow the alignment that I sense through my senses is 
is very significant um, in respect to how out of alignment my life has been up until this point. Not up until it, but it's been progressively less so, but there has been there have been peaks of extreme out of alignment in my life and I have healed those and I am now the other side of that um, and I have a wide open panoramic view of what is in front of me and it is extremely, extremely exciting and extremely blessed and beautiful and extremely whole and real, truthful, filled with truth. Um, so I am on a, a very beautiful drive to prepare my house in all these ways, to get rid of clutter, rid of, rid of mess or dust and anything that's stagnant in the house um, in this stage of returning to not into the mainstream, but having at least a, a connection with the collective conscious through mainstream and social media and very clear on that being um, possible now, that I can expose myself to that because I have the strength to navigate it and I'm not afraid to expose who I am in limited, you know, not, not fully showing all the paintings, not fully uh, showing just... Uh, what I'm thinking but just letting people know a little bit about what I'm thinking so that they can then navigate to my website or contact me directly and and know more but yeah again with the secret pregnancy it's so important not to <clears throat> fully expose ourselves to be partially exposed but then yeah like I was suggesting before uh, maybe when the spring comes and I have to wear less clothes I'll certainly have some kind of magical garment by then specifically designed to protect me energetically and protect the woman and uh, stop those spells from wheedling their way in there oh gente people mm, um really it's important that we we step out of this suffering that women step out of it in particular it's women who'll do it first it's mothers who'll do it first and who are doing it, you know, stepping out from under the authority isn't anything to do with paperwork. It's absolutely everything to do with sentience and to do, to do with just bringing life into the world and bringing energy into the world in an uninhibited and expansive way. You know, we can't all go fully into the wild and fully into um, rejecting the system. We all have to communicate with the system in some way but there's a certain mastery of how to do it and and not come a cropper, <laughs> not not have it ricochet or or revolt onto us and single us out and try and um, bring us down and pull us into it. It's really important that we recognise that um, the power is all within us. All the power is, is within us. And that's something that this pregnancy is also helping me recognise, I already feel the presence of that beingness which is coming through me as a child. The beingness, it's not something separate from me, it is my expanding myself and putting myself into the world as <clears throat> something new and expansive and more expansive. The seed of life and the carrying of life and the expansiveness of life that is ultimately going to give more life to me. 
um, not what the conventional logic says is kind of a um, parasitic thing that's going to feed off us and tire us out and leave us really oppressed and frustrated and have big fights with us as a teenager and then go out into the world all angry and frustrated and rebellious. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'll speak more. Um, please support my work. Please support my life and my co-creation via, if I'm still on Patreon, <laughs> via there or directly via gift via my website pages. Um, there are a list of ways you can gift me there that would be hugely helpful um, always and um, do connect directly if you want to speak more about this subject I'm very happen happy to transmit wisdom and power and um, all the healing that, that I've had I don't hold it all for myself selfishly I absolutely <clears throat> want my healing to be the healing of all women and I want my freedom to be the freedom of all women and I want my health to be the health of all women and I've had to work so hard to get to be this healthy at 50 years I've had to work so hard to free myself from my own neuroses and, and terror of life and my own feeling of being too different from everything and everyone and not wanting to participate in, in the world um, so yeah if I can help transmit that to you my freedom and my mastery and my strength in any way possible I, I would love to um, always under natural law always under my own sovereignty and always under the absolute love of Gaia Sophia and the great mother and the cosmic soul which want us to flourish here now exactly as we are flourishing evermore and always more um yeah blessings to that love and speak soon <laughs>